No DTR for most of the game, but still, at the end, there was no trouble for the Bruins as they ended up taking down Alabama State 45-7, but lots of questions. We'll get to those and more in Locked on UCLA. Let's hit that music, baby. There we go. You are Locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. It's your host, Zach Anderson Yox. I'm you can follow me at Zach and Yox. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. You can get it on Spotify, you can get it on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Also go to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, please. If you want to subscribe, get access to all the stuff, comment, like, whatever. We'll try and get to your comments and see what we converse as with fellow Bruin fans. Meanwhile, we tell you that this episode is brought to you by the likes of Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, and it's your spiciest way to spice up the college football season. Check it out, Underdog Fantasy. As we bring you today's episode, our reaction to the win for the Bruins over Alabama State and the Hornets out of the SWAC Eastern Division, the HBCU team. The first ever game for the Bruins against an official FCS opponent, and UCLA ended up winning it 45-7. to Question marks going forward, though. Charbonnet, DTR, no Charbonnet at all. No DTR after the early second quarter when the game was still rather close, 14-7. And we'll give our grades throughout the whole episode of offense, defense, and we'll look to what to look forward to for the Bruins coming up this week against South Alabama. What they should change? We'll talk about that more all throughout this week for Locked On UCLA. Bruin fans, get those hands in the air! And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight! As we bring you Locked On UCLA. All right, Bruins, let's get to it. No Charbonnet. Shocking. There's no announcement that Charbonnet was not going to play. He ends up not playing. In uniform, though, DTR, he does start. Goes 9 for 11. Pretty solid passing the football. Doesn't rush the football at all. And with no Charbonnet running the football, no DTR running the football, UCLA still puts up over 200 yards on the ground. DTR was taken out after a touchdown toss to Hudson Habermill. First of his career. For DTR, 9 of 11, over 100 yards passing, less than backup Ethan Garbers had, but a touchdown, no turnovers for DTR like he had week one against Bowling Green. And for DTR, he's taken out early in that second quarter. There was a third and 11 play where he pitched it, shoveled it forward, got the Bruins a first down, stayed in one more play, threw a first down pass or a long completion to Jake Bobo, but it was on a third and 11 play, early second quarter, about the 12 and a half minute mark where he got rolled up on. It looked like his ankle, something with his foot, where he got tackled or sent to the ground after he threw the ball forward. And for the Bruins, they were without DTR. As they took him out after a pass, he was grimacing, looked to the sideline. And if you saw on Pac-12 networks, they really zoomed in on his face. And you could just see he wasn't in the most comfort. He was kind of saying something along the lines of maybe if it was an expletive or who knows, maybe it was an ah shucks. Something along the likes of, oh, that doesn't feel too good. That's what he was given the face of. And with it being Alabama State and with the likes of South Alabama next week, 
an opponent the Bruins should beat. Maybe the closest game of all, but that's not what we're talking about today. You still need DTR for Pac-12 play, and if you want to go deeper in this season, the dynamite, the, the dynamite that is DTR, you don't want to have him be hurt. We know his injury history at UCLA. You just don't want him hurt in the Alabama State game. They took him out in that second quarter, and for all intents and purposes, despite the question marks without Charbonnet, without DTR, the Bruins put up 45 points again. They've scored in 19 consecutive quarters dating back to last year's Colorado game. More 45-point games in back-to-back games to open the season since the 2017 season, that Josh Rosen campaign. So the Bruins are putting up points, putting up yards. From what I noticed, over 450 yards or something ridiculous. Although Alabama State did move the football, the Bruins were able to move the football in their own right with no DTR and no Charbonnet. So let's get to our grades. What do we like about the offense specifically for the Bruins? Well, DTR came in early, was throwing the football efficiently, got a touchdown, but the game was still close when he left. So now we get to the Ethan Garbers sets of offense. The Bruins, despite throwing the football, Garbin, Garbers, I should say, did not throw for a touchdown. He ran for two, had a pick, had over 100 yards of offense, throwing the football, had two rushes for seven yards and two TDs. Overall, the Bruins, of their six touchdowns, Five of them came on the ground, one of the most uh, rushing touchdowns for the Bruins, I think, in a couple years since they had played Colorado, I believe, maybe mistaken on that. But for the Bruins, they were dominated in time of possession, but they put points on the scoreboard and ended up over 200 yards on the ground again. More passing yards than Alabama State, be split between two quarterbacks, but, a, but an ugly interception thrown by Ethan Garbers in the end zone when they had it around the seven-yard line, throws in the end zone, throws a pick. And for Garbers, that's not a good look. You want him to be sharp. He did come in late against Oregon last year and almost led the Bruins to victory or a late tie, almost got them in position to beat the Ducks after a DTR injury knocked him out of that game against Oregon last year. This time, the Bruins, for all intents and purposes, from what it seems like with practice and what I've heard, Charbonnet, okay, and DTR, okay. But it is nice to see Garbers get some time. And for the Bruins, most importantly, they get the dub. They move the football. And they find ways to just get the job done. 2-0 UCLA. 2-0. And we got to shout out the likes of players getting their first career touchdowns, first touchdowns as a Bruin. Hudson Habermill just put on scholarship. We've highlighted him in previous episodes. He gets a receiving touchdown after Ezekiel was banged up in week one. Habermill gets the touchdown, the only one thrown by the Bruins this game. And makes the catch. DTR's toss before he was taken out. And then you have the likes of Christian Grubb and TJ Harden, both getting their first career touchdowns as UCLA players. So for the Bruins, they find themselves doing good things offensively. Grubb, 55 yards, a touchdown, seven carries. TJ Harden, 56 yards, seven carries, and a touchdown. Even Colson Yankoff coming in, carrying the football. Yankoff also having a reception for 15 yards going up and down. Carson Ryan, three receptions, a 19-yard average for 58 yards receiving-wise. The Bruins split 23 receptions between the likes of nine receivers, if I got that count correct. And the Bruins, they threw the football efficiently. The one mistake was that Garber's interception. And most importantly, they ran the football and 
while they still struggled a little bit early with Alabama State, they didn't put them away as early as they would have liked in that first, early second quarter. It took to that middle part of the second quarter when Garbers came in. The Bruins, after Alabama State made it 14-7, to UCLA then scored 17 points before the end of the half, went into the locker room 31-7, and then the highlight of the game, as I said, the Alabama State marching band. But more on the Mighty Marching Hornet band later as we have to bring you this word from the likes of Underdog Fantasy. First, our final grade about the UCLA offense. We'll give them a B. A B. It could have been better. Solid without saying you're starting tailback. And for the most part, you're starting quarterback. You put up 200 yards on the grounds. It was a B for the offense. They put it up 45 points. They still scored. Largely backups getting some key roles for the Bruins against the Hornets. It, it was a B performance. We could even float between B- minus and B, but the Bruins, they put up points. They got yards. They did what they needed to do. Almost two straight games of nearly 500 yards of total offense, 600 against Bowling Green, and then 500 against the likes, or 400, just under 500 against Alabama State and FCS squad. Which, who who knows, they played better, arguably, than Bowling Green with the Bruins making less mistakes. But more about the defense next on Locked on UCLA, as now we get to some words about underdog fantasy. Again, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest way to spice up the college football season. It's easy to play, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. They've got investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. Those are some big names. And... They've always been built on building fun user experiences for everybody. And the customer support team, top-notch, the best in the business. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, and Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Once again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON, and get in on the college football pick'em action today in the meantime this second segment is brought to you by the likes of linkedin as we welcome audio listeners back linkedin jobs makes it easy to get the applicants you need for free go post your job for free with linkedin jobs this second segment all about the defense the bruins winning 40 Five seven, going forward for the Bruins, they win it. The defense looks strong. What do we like about the defense? What do we dislike about the defense in this forty-five-seven win for the Bruins over Alabama State? Okay, one. Going back to what I said with that pre-prediction, I said either fifty-six or three with the rain, or seventy to seven with no rain. The offense didn't put up the points. They put up forty-five. That's still a solid number. Defensively, they held up their end of the bargain, gave up the touchdown, although the Bruins defense, Bill McGovern's squad, a lot of guys making plays. They allowed Alabama State to move the football, I believe close to 300 yards of offense, a lot of that coming in the air from Miles Crowley, who was making plays, extra effort to find the open receiver early. They moved the ball, even made this a one-score game towards that middle part of the second quarter, making it interesting for a brief moment. That first drive, they went down fourth and three, close to the Bruin 30 before Crawley had to throw it away under pressure, under duress, under duress, I should say. But the Bruin defense allowed the Hornets to move the football. And no, it seemed like Alabama State's offense was less, it was not as inept, I would say, as 
the likes of Bowling Green, they didn't know what they were doing for Bowling Green, even though they put a lot of points up against an FCS team. That's a whole other story this week. It was Alabama State who actually gave the Bruins a different look. They didn't really know which quarterback they would go with. There's two separate guys who Alabama State had shown in week one and, or week zero and week one in their first two games. And coming into week two, Alabama State's third game of the season, it was Crawley who went in game two for them, comes in game three, makes some big plays for them early. And it took the Bruins some time before they actually made some plays. The one thing we wanted for the Bruins, I wanted for the Bruins, was the fact that they would force some turnovers. Any way, any way how. They were dominant against Bowling Green, but okay, that's Bowling Green. They didn't come in with a lot of offensive hype out of the MAC. Alabama State did put up a little bit of numbers, good and bad, and they had some guys who were pretty solid, but they finally, most importantly, did the Bruins force some turnovers. Recovered a fumble and a strip sack, lots to watching Grayson make that Gabriel Murphy, who had the forced fumble recovery, he had the recovery of the fumble. The Bruins then also popped out another fumble as the Bruins watched it go out of bounds, couldn't recover it. And then most importantly, two interceptions, one by Jalen Davies and DJ Justice. That's the stuff we wanted to see. We wanted to see them force the turnovers against Bowling Green. The Bruins had the lucky snap over the head. That was the the lone bugaboo the defense forced. This time, I wanted turnovers. They won the turnover battle, plus two, three turnovers forced compared to the one Garber's interception. So largely for UCLA, despite giving up the yards, a bit bend, don't break. And yes, then the backups come in and who knows, but it was early when Alabama State was moving the ball through the air. Again, the rush defense for the Bruins, solid. Only 87 rushing yards from Alabama State. Only 14 rushing yards allowed in the first half. The Bruins outrushed Alabama State 220 yards on the ground to 87. Overall, the Bruins, six penalties. You could really shore that up going forward. But the Bruins, they forced the turnovers, the strip sacks. You have the Latu making the play, Justice Davies making picks. And then Gabriel Murphy, another Murphy twin, who actually led the Bruins in tackles, had a total of six tackles with one sack. Overall, the Bruins, three sacks, total of six tackles for loss as the Bruins forced turnovers once Alabama State made their little early run. And this sometimes happens in these FBS, FCS games. You can see this in basketball. The underdog fights, stays with it early, and then sometimes the the clear clear favorite, Goliath, in this case UCLA, against the HBCU team, the heavily favor, the heavily un, the heavy underdog, I should say, Alabama State, who was given point spreads, I think about 50, close to 40. They they only lost by 38, but the Bruins after the, the game was in hands, were able to dominate late, didn't give up too many points, just the seven. And I would say my grade for them, B+. Plus. Plus, you, you you may not like the the stuff early, but all I wanted to see them force turnovers. That's what I wanted to see. A B plus B, it was okay. We'll, we'll see going forward if that's something to be worried about with the passing game going early for Alabama State. But they forced the turnovers, three of them. That's the stuff I wanted to see them improve upon. Force the turnovers, and then see what happens after that. The Bruins did that, and unfortunately, they got the one pick, and then Garbers followed it up with a P, an interception immediately after. So the Bruins couldn't score 
on one of the interceptions. Another small thing maybe the Bruins should work on a practice. Twice in the first two weeks of the season, the Bruins have gotten a loose football on the ground. Once the snap over the Bowling Green quarterback's head and the other one on the strip sack where Murphy kind of awkwardly threw it forward on the illegal forward pass that it was ruled. And the Bruins could have run both back for touchdowns, but the illegal forward pass and the block in the back, the Bruins got to work on the return game defensively. There's going to be a game-changing fumble or touchdown. You want it to be returnable for a touchdown. That's twice in the first two weeks the defense has been called for a penalty where they returned a, a turnover, a fumble for a touchdown. And yet they haven't had any touchdowns because they got called back twice, one in each of the first two games, instead of having those early TDs. Even though we did see Davies get the pick, return at 46 yards. Bruins, all right, B-plus defensively. I wanted to see the turnovers. That's what they got. Okay, we'll get some more. We'll talk about it. But first, let's tell you some words about LinkedIn overall. LinkedIn Jobs. As you're gearing gearing up for fall, I know it's toasty, but it's slowly working its way towards fall. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 800 million people. You can use simple tools with screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. As did you know, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn every week. Just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're moving on now to this final segment for locked on UCLA. So what is our overall grade for the game? There's the question marks of DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, DTR in a little bit of a scarier capacity because one, he had to come off the field. And again, looking for more reports from practice, they're both suited up for practice. And DTR, the likes of Charbonnet, Charbonnet not playing at all, which could just be a head count, making sure, all right, don't want to get him too many snaps. Could be the case. They all seem healthy, but it was shocking not to see the Bruins out there. Two of the big, two of the most important faces who get all the Heisman odds for the Bruins. Well, if you want to see a Heisman campaign for Charbonnet, it's not going to be helped with him not playing against Alabama State to get those big numbers, but who knows? We'll see. DTR efficient, he's gone. Defense forces the turnovers, only allows seven points. Another big victory for the Bruins as we move forward with UCLA. They're 2-0. They've dominated twice so far. And for UCLA, 45-17 week one against Bowling Green, 45-7 against Alabama State. And what was some of the problems in week one that we wanted to be fixed. Okay. We didn't want any turnovers offensively. Garber's the one pick, but that's, those are some growing pains. He can get through and got some key reps. That was key for Garber's Two defense forced turnovers. They did that chip Kelly's teams in with UCLA. They are dominant when they win the turnover battle plus two. That was good. But the one bugaboo in week one was the special teams unit that did not play too well. 
Nick Barmira, unfortunately, got pounded in the chest on the block punt in week one. This time, the punt's going off with no snafus. UCLA using two punters with the wide margin. Barmira making a very short field goal right on the goal line. The Bruins didn't punch it in. He gets like a 19-yard field goal, and the Bruins able to punch it in to get those three points instead of seven. He makes all his extra points. Logan Loya returning punts instead of Jake Bobo. Loya, just a couple of quick returns. Doesn't muff the kicks. Kickoff return. We finally saw Kaz Allen in the likes of the return game. I said in our preview prediction of this game that Allen returned one for a touchdown. He didn't, but he did get to return one, I think, along of 23 yards. So nice to see him get a couple of returns in. Bruins, most importantly, they... Pretty much seems like, at least in game two, you'd hope it wouldn't go back-to-back weeks. Made sure nothing happened in the punt return game, punting game. They got it off, although they did score a lot of points, not too many punts. Barmir got those off. Loya takes over for Bobo. He makes sure to receive the football, catch it. That's the most important thing. Hold on to the punts, say let's go, and the Bruins, no mistakes in that aspect of the football game. So overall, as a whole, for UCLA. They look dominant offensively, less turnovers, force more turnovers defensively, despite Alabama State arguably moving the football a lot better than Bowling Green did against them. And that's without forcing turnovers or UCLA mistakes. Alabama State going, say, 20 to 20, 30 to 30, moving the football. The special teams looked a lot better. So from a week-to-week growth perspective, UCLA grew. And that was without a couple of key guys offensively. And that's with Chip Kelly using a lot of secondary, third string, maybe walk-ons, fourth string guys. I saw a note. They used 84 players in that game. The most in the Chip Kelly era. That's a lot of players being used for UCLA. And that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted coming into these non-conference games. You want to see the guys grow overall. We saw some growth. Not as big of a game offensively, yardage-wise, but the Bruins with backups getting in, three guys getting their first career UCLA touchdowns, two on the ground, Habermill in the air, and it's nice to see the Bruins still continuing to churn out yards, get things growing defensively, and special teams shored up. Save some legs, hopefully, for Charbonnet, and DTR won't be nicked up and banged up, but we'll talk about that going forward, the dtr Charbonnet saga, if that's even anything we're talking about come the rest of this week. But with our reaction, overall, Bruins, a lot better grade than game one. I I didn't give a grade for game one, but it would have been C minus. C minus, I would have said, for the Bruins in week one. Week two, we're going to be very critical because this is a very weak non-conference schedule. They need to be getting better towards Pac-12 play. I would say my grade for game two, B minus. You offensively turnover defensively they let yards be gained special teams they figured it out but most importantly b minus for the bruins that's being very tough for ucla b minus they fix things they got the win 45 7 how many points can they put on south alabama i believe they're the jaguars and they play them another early start time hopefully the bruins will see you there but as i said in the title of that last most recent episode the alabama state bands was phenomenal, a lot of love on social media. Arguably people saying the most entertaining visiting band to ever play against UCLA for a home game in the Rose Bowl. And that's with the Stanford band, mind you, as hysterical as they are, as banned as they always are, the Stanford band who comes in 
and almost always makes fun of SC and their Heisman problems and all their stuff. That was one of the funniest things I had seen in person. Alabama State topping that with an electric performance from what I saw on social media. So glad to see that maybe one prediction of mine came true. Alabama State, their marching band, the mighty marching Hornets, came through, delivered the weather. Pretty much not rain. We got a lot of it early in the weekends. Bruins, a bit overcast, pretty humid, and ended up getting the win. So one prediction of mine ended up being true. But we'll talk about everything Bruins football, even basketball, as we go forward into the rest of the week. UCLA wins 45-7, the grade for the week, a B-. minus. That's a very tough grade, but they need to be better. You can see the Pac-12 making some big strides, not the teams we expected to win, but teams like Oregon State, unfortunately, SC, and all these other teams making big moves. Wazoo, Washington State going to win on the road at Wisconsin. These are all tough opponents. I know UCLA plays Washington this year, but the Pac-12 is tough. As much as it is maybe the, the, the end of the Pac-12, some may be saying, the Bruins' last two years in the Pac-12, as we know, a lot of parity in this conference. They're still very good, despite the lack of love they get. The, the non-West Coast bias anybody in college football tends to give, or in college sports for that matter. But the Bruins, B-, minus. they need to be good come Pac-12 play in a couple of weeks with Colorado. They need to be good. They have three important games, if not a couple more. The Bruins have to be ready for those. And so far, a little bit better. Week one, week two, that's the growth we need to see week to week. Now, importantly, how do they play against what looks to be the best team in their non-conference slate, South Alabama? Another 2-0 team coming to the Rose Bowl to play the Bruins on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff on Pac-12 Networks again. We'll talk about the leadoff and lead up to the Jaguars and everything Pac-12 football and basketball and everything UCLA sports when we continue throughout the week. Thanks for tuning in for Locked On UCLA today. Again, you can go like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube page. And thank you again for tuning in. Go make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen with Spencer McLaughlin. I'm Zach Anderson. Yoxheimer, get your brewing hands up in the air. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fight. Go comment on the YouTube page and say, hey, what do you think about the game? Tell me your thoughts as we continue on. More Locked On UCLA throughout the week. Thanks for tuning in. This is Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.